0: Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. Veritas, welcome to our equipping podcast. We're in our series on church planting, and I'm joined again with Jordan Powell. and Brian Hill from the Salt Network, so we're excited to have this conversation. Week two, uh, so by the time this comes out, it's going to be the new year. Are you yeah. guys New Year's resolutions people?
1: Not really, because I always break them, so I just, you just found get... it's better not to make them. You've just quit. Yeah, I just quit already before I made them.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of hate this about myself, but there is kind of the like... Turning of the leaf, that is just helpful in terms of reevaluating and saying, how do I want 2024 to look different than 2023? I don't make hard and fast resolutions, but I at least will typically take inventory and be like, okay, what needs to look different this year? You That's know?
1: a way more godly response but, than mine, <laughs> just to go on the record. But yeah. Do you
2: I write them down? Uh, typically, I'll write my reading list down and say like, these are the you know, 12, 15 books that I like need to read this year. Uh, But beyond that, typically it's accountability with Ellie. So like a reading
0: list for the new year. Yeah. Yeah. You seem like a guy that's going to like write your goals on your bathroom mirror, stare at them before you start your day.
2: Uh, Not quite, (laughs) but I don't know. There's, there's a place to evaluate. And Ellie and I, I mean, having pretty strategic goals on this topic of church planting to say like, hey, what do we need to get done this year to be ready for 2025? And some of that is like budget. And some of that is just like rhythms of personal health, some of that. So one thing I know we plan on doing is pretty much acting like we're preparing to move in 2024 and buying a dumpster and getting like going through what do we keep? What do we store? What do we donate and what do we throw? And just doing that in 2024. So that way, when 2025 comes around, it's not as Crazy. What's so, the
0: uh I don't know if it's a show or a person or, but does it spark joy? What do, with the organizer? Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo, yeah. You gotta hold does it like spark joy? Does it make you happy if not get Never rid of heard it? Of that. <laughs> the only reason I know that is that we were at a marriage conference. Mark was did the final talk and he talked about purging your life and sometimes you gotta get rid of things you like for the sake of things you love. Yeah. I don't know we, why I thought of. We have a lot of stuff do. we
2: will probably get rid of because it's stuff that when we first bought our house in Cedar Rapids, both of our parents were like, hey, you have a house now. You can store this. And we haven't touched it since. So that yeah. dumpster will probably be full. That's a good thing.
0: <laughs> I'm not a New Year's resolution person. I'm a I'm singular. It's the same one every year. Hence, I never reach it. I haven't quit yet. It's always, unending. this is the year I'm going to lose weight. Yeah. You got it this year. Yeah, but then like you make your resolution because you've just come off of like overeating, Thanksgiving to Christmas, this is the year. And then the Super Bowl hits. Yep. It's like the chicken wing capital time <laughs> of the world, you know. And then you're like, ah, it's There's ne- always next, next year. year. <laughs> and it's like the February. You got a ways to go. And it's winter in Iowa. What else you what you else gotta You got to doing? put on your winter yeah. a little bit. It's yeah. for warmth. It's for warmth.
2: I always called this, you know, this time of year eating season, especially when I was in wrestling season. I'm like, why does wrestling season always fall during eating season? You know, <laughs> Thanksgiving, Christmas, Super Bowl. Like,
0: yeah, it is rough. Tough time of year. All right, let's jump in. Church planting. Uh, last time we looked at what it is, it's kind of basic. Why is church planting important?
1: Yeah, I, the first thing that comes to mind is just the vast need When you look out to the lostness of this world. And so, uh, you know, God's doing incredible work in a lot of local churches across our country and across our world. And yet, there are still pockets and there are still areas and there are still people groups who haven't heard the gospel or haven't had much exposure to the gospel. And so, uh, it's important because there's a lot of lostness. There's still statistically, the vast majority of adult baptism so adults who are coming to faith in jesus christ the vast majority of those are happening in churches that are five years old or younger and so uh, veritas is a beautiful exception to the statistic but statistically if you're an older church you're just not as good at reaching the lost people in your community and so there continues to be a great need to plant new churches that lost people will be willing to check out and to go and hear the good news of the gospel the need is incredible
2: yeah we, we talked about a little bit in episode one, but understanding that the Great Commission in one sense, like requires church planting and then looking at the model of the book of Acts of church planting, you know, going to new cities, establishing new gospel outposts. Um, Paul's, you know, urge to Titus of appoint elders in every town, this idea of like, it's just what we see in the scriptures. So if we want to be obedient to the scriptures, we should say what does that look like for us too?
0: How would you guys answer the pushback of saying like, okay, the book of Acts, the gospel is new. It's, it's going to uncharted territory. I get missions to Papua New Guinea and China and India. We want to take it to unreached people groups, but cities in America, specifically campus towns, there's a lot of churches there. Why church plant nationally in America?
1: Yeah, one thing that's interesting uh, demographically is, you know, every country, every region is going to go through cycles in their interaction with Christianity. And if you go to the Northeast U.S. right now, uh, clearly post-Christian and kind of like angry post-Christian to where, you know, in the Midwest still, if you talk to somebody in their 20s or 30s, they may not go to church. But they would say, oh, yeah, but my parents did or my grandparents did." Like, they're familiar with church. As we're interacting with students and young adults in the northeast especially they haven't ever been in a church building their parents didn't go to church and maybe their grandparents did and so those cycles are making their way uh through the u.s i, I think specifically for our network where we really target major university centers i'm right now collecting a bunch of data from college ministries around the country and it's been a little bit shocking and disappointing I think the most generous estimate that I can find, and this would be like doubling the numbers that I've currently heard, would say that the average college campus is has about 4% of their students that are engaged in some sort of Christian ministry or church. And, and that means 96% aren't. And, and many of those are believing students or, or students that spent, you know, their growing up years in church, but have gone to college and have disconnected Uh, But the vast majority of those are ones who have no personal understanding or relationship with Jesus. And so, uh, you know, those are almost like unreached people group type percentages, which just continues to be compelling that America was once very churched and is slowly becoming de-churched and the college campus especially is really unreached.
2: Yeah. And I think we are a little bit blinded, Um, you know, by God's grace. We've seen a lot of people... Come through our church doors at Veritas who are, you know, lost and have, you know, heard the gospel, have believed it for the first time. But when you look statistically at church growth in America, I think it's like only 20% of churches in the United States are growing, and only 1% of that growth is through actually reaching lost people. So the majority of church growth nationally that we see is just recycling or shuffling around Christians, you know. So it's like, how do we reach? lost people. That's the mission of, you know, the great commission is reaching lost people. And you had alluded to church plants are more effective in reaching lost people.
1: Yeah. And some of that is not necessarily that the church plant is just, is better equipped or better skilled. Part of it is, a lost person, a non-believing person may be more willing to just check out something that appears new or is new to the community than an existing church. Because again, there are many existing churches that are really old and doing a great job reaching lost Mm. people. And so that's not universally true, but statistically does seem to be uh, the trend kind of, kind of over time. And so, yeah, there's, there's a great need, even though there are a lot of churches, but there's a lot of churches dying. And statistically there's continues to be more churches dying than, than churches that are starting right now. And yet the population continues to increase. And so we're in theory losing the battle. And even in our country, which is one of the more churched ones around the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think to bring even a deeper, um, broader view, more than just reaching lost people, uh, Piper says, uh, missions exist because worship doesn't. Um, and I would put church planting in there as well. Like Church planting exists because worship doesn't. And when you look at cities, college campuses, overseas, and we see there is a God who is worthy to be worshiped, mm-hmm. and he's not receiving that worship. We want to go and bring about more worshipers for the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah last uh, One thing I'd add to that. So last year in 2022, uh, across our network of 30 churches, there were over a thousand baptisms. And... Because of the context that we've been in, and if you're the average, if you've been around Veritas since the beginning, you would say, "Well, of course there is." We see, you know, nearly a hundred baptisms every year in this building. It's incredible. You may not know it, but it that is a wildly incredible work of God. That's really abnormal. Mm. And so, when I interact with great church leaders around the country, and they see the kind of uh, work that the Spirit's been doing in literally bringing dead, lost people to life in in the context of some of our churches they would affirm god's doing something unique and incredible here don't assume it's the norm and so if you're sitting in veritas you might think man this is an incredible church god's doing an incredible thing i bet he's doing this everywhere and the answer is he's actually not right now and so we need to help uh, see more churches go to see this kind of ministry replicated
2: yeah one thing i love that doesn't get talked about frequently uh one of Tim Keller, uh, his, one of his previous works that was published in 2002, Why Plant Churches. He talks about how church planting actually can strengthen other existing churches in the city. And yeah, there's this unique thing of, you know, even these new people that might try this new church might come in and experience and hear, hear the gospel for the first time, but then they might not like oh, I'm getting whiplash a lot from all of the changes that are coming with a new church. What if we got into a more established church? So like, yeah, they might first come to a church plant, but then they might also find another healthy local church in the region that's more established and get plugged in there. And even just the idea of church plants, church plants are forced to innovate and think differently and try new things that can come alongside existing churches and be like hey have you thought about this what have you tried and just yeah reinvigorate existing churches
1: a lot of our conversation so far has been on the new place and the new city and the the lost people there I think also though if you turn around and look back home at the sending church what does that do inside of the sending church you know anytime you send great leaders you create leadership vacuums and and people look around and say well who's going to do that you know there may even be some initial fear of like, how will we recover from losing that great leader? And the answer is God raises up and provides over and over and over again. And so there are, without a doubt, people sitting inside of Veritas Church who have the capacity and the giftedness to lead at a higher level than they're currently leading. And by planting a church, sending out great leaders and losing people, uh, which is sad and hard, um, also creates a really great leadership vacuum for more people to step up into. Uh, I know, I remember when Cornerstone planted Iowa City, you know, Troy would say, Mark Aaron was the best leader inside of Cornerstone's entire staff team. And yet he was the one who went and led a team to go plant in Iowa City. Well, one of the results with that was more leaders raising up inside of Cornerstone to carry the mantle of ministry that God had already been doing there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's not just the benefit of the lost people in the new location, but the, the church back home who did the sending also grows in their leadership and, and gives more people capacity and opportunity to lead as well.
0: Yeah, Mark's a really big deal. We, yes. try, we, we try to remind him of that often. Yeah. <laughs> Plug for his book. If you haven't picked up his book, The Advantage of Average, we'd highly recommend it. World-renowned author, Mark Errant. Yeah. A brief
2: pause for our <laughs> podcast <laughs> to give a shout-out to one of our sponsors.
0: Oh, um, wait. <laughs> all right, sum it up. Uh, one quick answer, again, to recap, why is church planning important?
2: It's biblical.
0: Yeah, and it's needed desperately. There you go, guys. Uh, We're going to continue on in this series uh, talking more about church planning. Hope you stay tuned. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Veritas Equipping Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to address or ideas on how we can serve you better, please reach out to us by email at info at veritaschurch.org and put podcast in the subject line.